a world where the average scary movie gets a 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. Where Netflix and chill means you turn on a movie and ignore it. We bring to you streaming and screaming. We your hosts Lisa and Kara will go through and review all scary movies so you can make the ultimate decision of whether or not it's worth the watch. They'll stream so you can scream. It's like, I'm you go like this, oh, it yeah, like, the yeah, skin yeah, off, yeah, yeah. but you're not bleeding. It doesn't feel like I'm scratching it that hard. Maybe it looks like I was mauled. Here's Johnny! Alright, everybody, we're back. Uh, it's your, your favorite daily reminder that the world is trash, but it can <laughs> be light and funny, too. <laughs> um, we're back with your favorite break in reality. <laughs> what the f- am I saying? Um... We're back with streaming and screaming. Where mm, I'm, I'm your girl Lisa, and I have my co-host over here, uh, Kara. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, ouch. And we're the hostess with the mostest over here, and we uh, we gonna break down some one of our, one of the most classic horror movies that there is, or would it be considered a? It's considered everything, apparently. Yes. Uh, we're talking today, friends. I don't know what this accent is or where it's gonna lead me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for a little bit. Uh, we are talking about. Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, yes. which is a cult classic. Now I'm Russian. I don't know what happened to my voice, but something weird. But we're back. Um, we're bringing you streaming and screaming where Kara and I stream to let you know whether or not you'll scream. And basically just to give you our bullshit thoughts and feelings yes. about movies. Uh, you know, we like reading reviews of movies. We are interested in delving into the backgrounds of movies. So we thought we'd bring you a nice reminder that the world is not a deep, dark hole that we keep sucking you into with eye for an eye. So let's get into it. Let's talk about The Shining, dude. Yes. Dude. Um, <laughs> well, dude, added glance details. So as Lisa said, directed by Stanley Kubrick, based on Stephen King's 1977 novel, the same name, which, I mean, Stephen King, classic. Like, Horror the most classic. Horrorman. The most classic. Have you read it? I don't think I've read The Shining, the book. I, Isn't it, it huge? It's hefty. It's hefty, hefty, hefty. Six, seven, eight, nine hundred pages, somewhere around there. Somewhere around that really large span of that, yeah, words. Um, but I don't want We're too early for me to get into a side story. Basically, in college, Liz and I would read this to each other out loud mm-hmm. before bed. Um, have I read it? I have not ever finished it, but I've gotten within 20 pages of finishing it. Wow. But then I'll pick it back up years later, and I don't remember enough that I need to. Because <laughs> it's pretty different. I won't get into it, but it's pretty different. Anyway, <laughs> starring Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, oh, Shelley, and Shelley. Danny Lloyd, who plays the little boy, Danny. Shelley, Shelley, Shelley. It was released May 23rd, 1980, so... Th- Everything happens in May. So, uh, this... Did you say 1930? I don't think. I think I said 1980. Oh, my brain's just really... Maybe, I don't know. Anyway, that makes this... It's... 38 years old. Nine years older than my brother. It's the same age as Eric Smith. He was born in 1980? I think so. If you don't know what we're talking about and you like true crime, go back and listen to our episode. Well... 
Actually, this will probably be released before that. Ignore me and, and keep a listen out for Eric Smith's episode. <laughs> um, Runtime, 144 minutes, two and a half hours. Woo! It's, it's a big one. Woo! It's in English. Woo! Genre. Just kidding. Woo! English. <laughs> uh, drama, horror, psychological horror, mystery, suspense. So literally, it, like, it falls it's under like, every, every gamut. $19 million budget, which remember, it's, it's 1980, so that's a lot of money. Um, and rating R for adult situations, language, nudity, violence. Do we know what it what it grossed in the box office? I don't know why I didn't put that, or why I, it wasn't put it. I made it, so I'm the one who failed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think I fail. did put it somewhere. It might be in fun, fun facts, facts. I don't know. I didn't read anything. <laughs> Maybe I didn't put it there. Here comes Johnny. God, I'm so annoying. Forty-four point four million. Woo, 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 woo! So it made a nice, yeah. but it's what's it, crazy is it made seven hundred point four million. We have to do that one like yeah. coming up because we we it's saw the new this, one. I mean, but yeah. What did the old one make? Two dollars. Oh, it was it was like it TV. Was right to yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> which is a rip off I mean, for life. It literally made two dollars. Anyway, Wait, in real life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> That's all the at-a-glance details. All right. So, if you haven't seen or read the movie, we're going to give you a brief plot overview. Now, we try to keep this short and sweet, simple to the point, because I like to rant and rave. So, here it goes. This is The Shining, as told by Lisa and uh, some website. (laughs) (laughs) A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter, where an evil spiritual presence influences the father into violence. While his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from the past and the of the future. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's talk about what this cult classic brought in as far as reward, awards go. Why do I always want to say rewards? This bad boy brought home the Saturn Award Scatman Crothers for Best Supporting Actor. He well, got the Best Supporting Actor in the Saturn Award. What the hell is the Saturn Award? Wait, that's actually a thing, the Saturn see, Awards. I wish, though, I wish scary movies were more mainstream, that they had, like, the same opportunity. I mean, I guess they all have the same opportunities, but that they were more, like, well-known. Like, I what, like I don't know what anything is besides the Razzies. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that this happened, but <laughs> for the Razzies, the, Raz- the Raspberry Awards, um, which you don't really want to get as a movie creator, unless you're trying to make a horrible movie. But uh, the Razzies, Shelley Duvall won for Worst Actress and Stanley Kubrick for Worst Director. Really? Yeah. Damn. But I think sometimes it's, like, kind of funny when people win. I mean, it's probably annoying if you're an actor, but, like, a lot of actors, like, will show up and accept them and give, like, funny-ass Yes. <laughs> and she, like, brought, like, a dissertation or something. Like, a, yeah. like she brought, like, I textbooks. I do, too. Shout out to Sandy Bullock. <laughs> She's the best. I was actually, she's coming up a lot on my YouTube because Ocean's 8. And uh, I've watched like 30,000 interviews with her. I just think she's the most badass. She's the best. Let's do a a Shining remake and cast her as Shelley Duvall's character. (laughs) I think. She'd be too nice. Right? I think that would be just. uh, All right. Back on track. Um, We love you, Sandy. I don't know why I keep calling her Sandy as if I'm like her formal friend. But I know people refer to her as Sandy that are in her clique. Which I just made out that she had a quick. I don't know, really her friends. 
It was only it was the only one of Kubrick's last nine films to receive no nominations at all from either the Oscars or their Golden Globes, which again is kind of odd because this is such a cult classic. Like you ask a horror movie, but you ask someone who likes uh, horror novels or you know suspense novels, this is one of the ones that's going to be on the top of their bookshelf and the top of their movie list. So it's kind of interesting that it didn't at the time it was released it didn't really get the fanfare that it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I feel like that happens a lot with like cult classic movies. Like they're not appreciated. But maybe it takes time for that to. I guess you're right. Up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That makes sense. All right, ratings. Hit us with the ratings. Rotten Tomatoes, eighty six percent. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, ninety three percent audience. That's really good. So what? And then what happened with the Oscars and the Golden Globes? I think it goes back to horror not being a thing. Yeah, I'm stupid. Um. And you figure it's Let's start a campaign, make horror mainstream. The only one of Kubrick's last nine films to receive no nominations. His other films, what are we talking about? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yeah. Tame. A Space Odyssey, The Shining, Eyes Wide Shut was messed up. Clockwork Orange! I love... That's one of my favorite movies. Lolita, don't think I've seen Lolita, but I heard it's really good. We gonna... I love a clock... We're gonna definitely cover that one. Isn't Eyes Wide Shut work... Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman and, and Tom Cruise met. Yeah, and, it's a weird movie. It's a good movie, but yeah. it's, yeah. Weird in, like, anyway, the sense of... Anyway, but my point like, is, his other movies are a lot more main... Not main, I don't want to say mainstream, but they're... They captured a more mainstream audience, yes. I suppose. Although Clockwork Orange probably did not. Yeah. Um, um, it cl- <laughs> that one caught people yeah. like us. Uh, Metacritic, 63 out of 100, and IMDb, 8.4. Damn, I Out of 10, this. not 100. Yeah. Um... So it's interesting because he kind of got – I think you're right, though. I think in, in these cases it's kind of like afterthought. Like, especially because I don't think Rotten Tomatoes was even around when this came out. So I don't think yeah. – I think it's more like now what people say about the movie. Um, So fun facts. Let's just let's just dive right These are actually fun. I had fun gathering. Yeah, and that's what makes fun facts fun. I don't have any fun with anything in my life, but I'm just kidding. I have a lot of fun. And these are the things that I really like about – about not only our show, but, like, about researching movies in general. I love behind the scenes, like, I've talked about a gazillion times. And I love knowing, like, the little itty-bitty, like, Easter eggs and details and things that you wouldn't know otherwise. Mm-hmm. I just love those kind of things. So, let's get into it. To get Jack Nicholson in the right agitated mood, he, <laughs> he was only fed cheese sandwiches for two weeks, which he hates. I would have been the exact opposite, boy. I would have been like, give me that cheese Give me 17 of them. I would have looked like Garfield. To be fair, I'm reading this now. I'm like, I didn't fact check that. I just saw it. I was like, yep. So. I'll take it. I'm sure. I mean. I believe it. I'm sure something like that Sounds happens. real. But cheese sandwiches doesn't make people happy. Raise your hand. Does that mean grilled cheese? Because I love me a good grilled cheese. Oh, God, stop. That makes me really hungry. I don't even care. If you give me a cold cheese sandwich, I, anything with the word cheese in it, unless it's blue cheese, put it in my face. I'll take the blue cheese. Yeah, give the blue cheese part to care. If you're listening to this and you're one of our fans, uh, go ahead and leave a cheese emoji somewhere. Somewhere (laughs) on our everything. Just spam us with cheese because that's my favorite number one food. You're going to be like, you know how Taylor has the snake? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Cheese. I was cheese for Halloween one year, which is kind of bizarre. But that's interesting to, I mean, it's not fact checked, but we're going to say it's a fun fact anyways because it is. Now, while filming, Danny Lloyd did not know the movie was a horror film because he was a little kid while this was all going on, and he did not see the uncut version until he was 17 years old. The movie was his first acting role. So I thought that was interesting because I have 
seen that a bunch of times. And they basically, like, wasn't it when he was on set that they, like, made it, like, kind of like a funny movie type of thing? Yeah. Like, they made him, like, think he, he just was, thought like, it was, like, a drama. Yeah, like, he had no clue that he was acting in this, like, horrific film. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Like, he's, I don't know how He's adorable. Though, yeah. Like so cute. According to Shelley Duvall, the infamous Here's Johnny scene took three days to film and the use of 60 doors. Don't quote me on this because I don't know if I'm just making it up, but I'm pretty sure she said that scene was, like, traumatizing. Yeah, there's some more about her trauma. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Later on. Um, The idea for Danny Lloyd to move his finger when he was talking as Tony was his own. He did it spontaneously during his very first edition. That's adorable. I love that doing Tony voices. Do it. Um... What's your Tony voice? You know, Danny's not here right now, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> That's how this is opening. I'm going to cut that into every place I can possibly cut that into this. Just like Martin. <laughs> if you haven't listened to HC 2 and 3, our human centipede streaming and screaming, even if you hate the film, even if it disgusted you, even if you will not watch it, go check it out because I think you think it's it's an interesting take on the on the series. <laughs> Um, so Stephen King, this is pretty well known as well, Stephen King was quite disappointed in the final film. He admitted that Stanley Kubrick's visuals were stunning, but he said that that was surface, not substance, and he described the film as, quote, a fancy car without an engine. It's so interesting that that's, like, it's always, like, the first thoughts of these movies are, like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen, or, like, this was not good. And then, like, later on, it, like, grows this such, like, a fan yeah. cult favorite. And I think a lot of the fan cult favoritism is because of the visuals and because of the, like, uh, cinematography of it. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautifully and shot. And not so much the substance of, of the, the adaptation story. of it. Yeah, yeah. Is um, it very different than the book? Yes. Is it? It, it? I wouldn't say it's very different, but it misses a lot of main plot points. Oh. Um. I hate when that happens. I get into that a little bit in the yeah. other part. Um, Sorry, I keep jumping no, in. You're good. <laughs> um, the snowy maze near the conclusion of the movie consisted of 900 tons of salt and crushed styrofoam. <laughs> and <laughs> this isn't that fun, but it was just kind of interesting. Neither Leah Beldum, who played the young woman in the bath, or Billy Gibson, who played old woman in the bath, appeared in another movie before after this one. So there's like, here's my one role, naked woman in bath. Yeah, like, (laughs) naked woman one, old, naked woman, or one young, old woman in bath, naked two. Isn't it when she's old, she's like nasty looking as well? Decaying. Yeah. Really? So the color red is visible either overly or subtly in nearly every single shot of the film. And I thought this was interesting um, because, yeah, oh, absolutely. And I actually, so my, um, my college roommate, her girlfriend, uh, was a film major and she'd always talk about that stuff. Cause like, you know, when you're a film major, you watch movies a little bit differently. And my, my best guy friend, uh, Cody, he also is a film major and he would talk about this as well. It's so interesting, the stuff that goes into setting the tone and the mood of a movie that you would not ever expect. So the color of red brings, like, stress, and you can tell, like, danger is coming. It's stop. It's danger. Don't go ahead. And that's, like, why? And if there's blue, it's supposed to be, like, serene and calm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting. I love that you that was added here, Kara. That was a good point. Um, now Stanley Kubrick decided that having the hedge animals come alive as they do in the book was unworkable due to restrictions and special effects. So he opted for a hedge maze instead. 
So he was using what he had as his budget to kind of make things come alive. The movie's line, here's Johnny. It was the 68th movie quote by the American Film Institute out of 100. And as of the thir- and as the 36th um, of the 100th, 100th? <laughs> The 100 Greatest Movie Lines by Premier Magazine in 2007. So here's Johnny. If you've never seen this movie and even if you had, you know that line that comes from this movie. Doesn't um, it actually come from Johnny Carson? Is yeah. that wrong or did I make that man? No, up? I think... <laughs> he is a man? Yeah, no, he's real. And I think you're right. I think it did come from that. That should, that could be a fun fact. If that's We've added this possibly true fun fact. <laughs> yeah. It's it's up for I think you're right though. I don't think you just like came out of your ass with that. I'm not sure though. <laughs> so it was interesting to note for this scene that um where Jack Nicholson breaks down the bathroom door with the axe. Right, he used an axe. Right? Yeah. yeah. The props department built a door that could easily be broken. However, Jack Nicholson had worked as a volunteer fire marshal and tore it apart far too easily. The props department were then forced to build a stronger door. The Timberline Lodge on Mount Hood, Oregon, was used for the front exterior, but all the interior doors, as well as the back of the hotel, were specially built at the Elstree Studios in London, England. So it's interesting they had to make a special door because he was too strong for the prop door. They thought he wasn't going to be able to break it down. They smashed it down like it was nothing. I didn't know that that was in Oregon because I've been to Mount Hood. Interesting. You have been where the door has been created. Now, legend states... That the management of the Timberline requested that Stanley Kubrick not use 217 for a room number, as specified in the book, fearing that nobody would want to stay in that room ever again. Kubrick changed the script to the non-existent room 237, which is interesting. My roommate has actually been to the place where this was filmed, like the hotel. It's, uh, where is it? Is it Colorado? Sure is. I don't 100% know where, but that's where she lives. And she's been there quite a few times, and it's really cool. I've always stalked yeah. her pictures about it, or about it, of it. So let's go to the spoiler room, which we have not visited in quite some time. Cue the boiler room music right here. Mm-hmm. All right, talk um, about it, talk about it, talk about it. So Danny's imaginary friend, Tony, isn't given much of an explanation in the 1980 film. However, and this gets it, like I said, a lot of these are book uh, movie comparisons. I like that, though. A lot of it is just that the movie didn't go into a lot. Yeah. It's just like, this exists. Here's an imaginary friend. Kind of like Gerald's Game. Um, go back and listen to it if you haven't already. Um, so, in the book, Tony is actually Danny's adult self speaking to him from the future. Um, in the book, Danny's middle name is Anthony or Tony for short. In the book, Tony's a benevolent imaginary friend who acts as a sort of conscious conscience as well as a sixth sense and a Which companion movie for Danny, since he doesn't have many friends. Tony's fully visible to Danny as a person. Um, which, that's really interesting in the book. Um, in the film, Tony's... In, it, it, in the film, Tony is invisible, only a high-pitched voice, which speaks to Danny's parents through Danny himself. In the film, Tony also appears almost evil, or a sign that Danny's mentally disturbed, often making Danny pass out or scaring his mother. Um... Showing him graphic images, eventually full on possessing him, making him write red around the hotel wall. In the book, it's it's not like benevolent, malicious. It's like a it's happy. Just, it's like your imagination. He's like, hi, look at this stuff. And it, yeah, it'll show him things like when his dad would come home drunk and stuff like that. Because in the book, I didn't go into this, but a big part of it is that they had to leave because he's a Jack's a teacher at 
and he broke Danny's. He hit a kid at school, and then because he's an alcoholic, and he broke Danny's arm. Um, so they need to like get it together. Yeah, there's a lot of sex in the book. Ooh. Um, but so Stanley Kubrick said this is the ballroom photograph at the very end. That's like legendary. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it suggests the reincarnation of Jack. Um, so that means that Jack is the reincarnation of a guest or someone on the staff, um, which, you know, backs up the theory that um, Charles Grady, the man who went stir crazy, killed his family in the Overlook, um, was the reincarnation of Delbert Grady, the ghost butler Jack meets in the hotel bathroom. The Overlook seems to have the power to recall reincarnated versions of its past guests, employees. And which I didn't notice this until I was reading about it, Delbert Grady tells Jack that he's, quote, always been the caretaker. That implies that the hotel continues to revisit its past inhabitants, and it keeps calling back Grady's insurances to offer them a good versus evil scenario. But they choose evil. That's so interesting. Yeah. I knew parts of that, but I didn't know all of that. Yeah, I, like, knew pieces, but I didn't ever put it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I knew that they they were, like, reincarnated versions of other people in the hotel yeah um so the use of mirrors in the film is representative of the nature of duality in the film's characters and themes a tremendous number of shots focus on visual symmetry so like the two twins obviously that are super 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 um well known like that's how people can identify this film as well they send at the end of that long haul the corridors through which danny rides his bike are always very symmetrical um, the hotel lobby where Jack's writing its desk sits is very symmetrical, and the mirrors are used in various ways beyond Jack's communication with the ghosts. Take Danny's mirror-based conversations with his finger friend Tony, for instance. No, you know, if my kid ever, friend. yeah, if my kid ever starts talking to his finger or anything that's not physically in, well, I guess your finger is there, but <laughs> The Shining is all about doubles. Jack himself is evidence to be a reincarnation of a previous person, and the film is replete with cycles. Danny has Tony as his reposition representation of duality as we kind of touched on uh they kind of believe that he's like the older version so that's kind of the representation there tony takes him so far as to write murder on the door uh, in the form of red rum which is a mirror image so that's duality as well now jack's death differs in the movie than in the novel in the movie he freezes to death outside after the hedge maze chase in the novel he ignores the boiler for far too long and the hotel explodes taking jack as a victim danny and wendy survive in both versions that was a big thing that Mm -hmm. in the book it's like the whole point of him being at the overlook is that he has to take care of this boiler room yeah and then he doesn't and then he blows the fuck up bye tosses (laughs) y'all into the snow um the shining has a sequel i did not know this called dr sleep that follows danny as an adult what Oh, I was like, what are you looking at? I, like, did not know what. I haven't read it, but I have it. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, so it has that sequel called Dr. Sleep, which is interesting, that follows Danny as an adult. It is being made. I didn't know this. It's being made into a movie with Ewan McGregor. 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 Ewan McGregor. Playing Danny. What? When did that come out? I don't know. We got to go see it, and then we're streaming and screaming it. Or we're, just, or we're gonna go, we'll yeah. If you want to sponsor this movie pass, please do. All right, 10 minute test. Let's, let's go. So let's get into the nitty gritty and the details, the greatness. The 10 minute test. Do we want to turn it off after 10 minutes of our viewing pleasure? 
No, but like it's totally boring. So, <laughs> so for cinematographic, is that a word? What the fuck did you say? Cinematography. Did you wait? You did not say cinematography. But what did you cinematographic. just say? <laughs> it feels right. Um, she just made up a word. No, that might be cinematographic. <laughs> cinematographic. Are you making things up? The point is, I, <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was young. Like I, yeah, this came out. Movie. I wanted to see it for the visuals, for the cinematography. <laughs> but it's boring. Yeah. So ten minutes, it's, it's boring. Yeah. AF. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. I think this is one of the ones that like nowadays if you haven't seen it you kind of have to push yourself through those first i mean i mean right now you'd probably watch the whole thing because it's such a classic um however if you're looking for something that is fast-paced this is not it this is a hundred percent not it like yeah it's very slow and it's it's one of those movies that like you could kind of get away with like fast forwarding through the beginning. I mean, you want to get it because you want the whole story, but it's like just like the dumb interviewing. Yeah, like it's just like, yeah, it's just like yeah, exactly that. It's exactly it sounded to you are Jack Nicholson, um, but it is very slow. I I think in a world that I didn't know anything about this movie, it would not pass the ten minute test. In a world where you're a horror fan, thriller fan. It would because you you want to know what the hype is about, what's going on in this movie because it it is such a good movie once you get into it. Um, but yeah, like I like you said, I kind of I don't think knowing what I know, I would turn it off. Seeing what I see, I would turn it off. But uh, if I had no idea and I was just like, hey, let's pick out a horror movie. This one looks good. I would probably turn it off after ten minutes. Yeah. So we also fake, was it a plot where there are elements I felt like it happened in real life? What did I just say? Yikes. <laughs> was it a plot where there are elements that felt like it could happen in real life? I think it's somewhere down the middle. Um, I mean, our hotel's creepy, totally. Could you see stuff in one? Absolutely. Um, could- do I think a woman's going to decay in my bathtub in a hotel? No. Um mm. Like I said, it's somewhere down the middle. It's enough that, it, like, it could scare you, but. Yeah, it's, it's, I agree with you. I think it's just creepy enough where, yes, like, there are parts of it. Like, a man going crazy in a hotel. Yeah. Like, that is something that happens. Like, the whole like, cabin fever thing. I'm like, oh, I was locked up for, like, that, that shit happens. And, and it's, like, one of those things where, it, although there are, like, the supernatural elements or whatever, it's not focused on that. You know I mean? It is, but it's not. You know what I mean? It doesn't do it in a way, like, insidious. Go check it out that it doesn't feel like it couldn't happen. Like, this feels like, okay, he's seeing things. Is it real? Is it fake? Is it ghost? Is it his brain? Like, we don't 100% know. Um, So I do feel like it it feels more real than fake, but I do believe that there's parts of it that I'm like, okay, like, blood's not about to come rushing into, like, a room, and I'm not going to see a dead woman in a bathtub talking to me. Yeah. Um, Actually, she didn't talk. She's like, meh. You know what? In some <laughs> cultures, that's talking. <laughs> All right. Netflix and chill. Could we or would we throw it on as background noise or should you be paying attention attention to the movie? Um, I think that you really will not get the full effect if you're not really paying attention. So you'd have to at least once on the first time sit down, watch it. Um, like, could I now Netflix and chill it? Totally, because I've seen it a lot. 
but first time watch, no, you need to pay attention. 100% agree. So, if you're a horror movie fan, you want to watch this movie. If you're just looking for something and you're flipping through the channels and it comes on, I can 100% see why you would Netflix and chill it. Um, Because this, I mean, it's one where if you want to actually pay attention, you would need to pay attention to figure out what is happening. But it's definitely also one that if you threw it on as background noise, it wouldn't disturb you at all, really. I mean, parts of it might, but it wouldn't be, like, painful to look up and see something wild. You know what I mean? So, yes, I think you could Netflix and chill it. I don't think you should if you are into horror movies or, you know, classic horror movies and want to get the full effect. Because I think the plot uh, would be completely missed. But I do think it is something that you could easily ignore if you wanted to. Mind fuckery. Did the movie have any wild plot twists or do a total 180? Um, I said I don't think so. It's a great movie, but it's not really crazy. Um, I just think it was a little crazier at the time. I agree. But, like, we've seen, we've seen some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. I don't think, um, that, whoops, I don't think that it did anything, like, wild it kind of was straightforward there was no like super super plot twist that like messed up well well we've already talked well that's in the future so I don't think there was anything that was like whoa like like sixth sense like you know I don't think there's anything like that not like orphan yeah so no like I don't think there's any like revelation in the movie I mean maybe um no because it's like it's a slow progression you watch him kind of go crazier and crazier so you you understand why that's happening so no I don't I agree I don't think I don't think it has any mindfuckery up in here. Theater or V? Yeah. Um, they did a thing at the Row House last fall, um, and they played it, like, super late at night. So I think Carly and I went to see it at, like, 11 p.m. Oh, that sounds like a And it was awesome. Like, it was, like, especially for our age, like, we didn't see it in theaters, obviously. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool to see it in the theater. It was, I've seen it, what, like, five, ten times. Um, so... I'm not really scared by it, but it was definitely a different experience seeing it in theaters. I would love to see it in theaters, so yeah, I agree. I think... It was her first time seeing it, which was a... That cool. was exciting. I See, that's what I love. I wish I could... I, first of all, I want to see it in theaters, so if that happens again, um, please call me. Yes. But um, I agree. I think these are the kind of movies that, like, like we talked about kind of in the Netflix and chill, if you're not forced to pay attention and you're not into the movie before, like, if you don't already know what's ha- going to happen or what's, like what the movie's like hullabaloo is that if you just like knew nothing about the movie I don't think you would pay attention I think you'd easily get bored so I think being in a movie makes you kind of focus you have nothing else to really look at Mm -hmm. um so I think that would be a really cool experience if you're going into this movie not really wanting to see it um I think that would make it such a badass experience and I think it'd be a cool experience since like you said that just seeing it in that way yeah it wasn't offered to that effect uh when, when it first came out Rinse and repeat. Will we watch again or recommend to a friend? Uh, Kara's kind of already answered that in her last answer, but go on. Um, yeah, like I said, I've seen it five-ish, ten-ish times. Like, I've seen it. I've seen it. I, I want to now say over ten. I've seen it a lot. Um, so, obviously, I would watch it again. Obviously, I recommend it. Um, I just think everybody needs to see it at least once. And if you want to understand it at least twice, three times. Yeah. Because there's always, like, little things that you'll miss, especially after hearing, like, the fun facts between the book, etc., etc. I agree. Uh, I 100% would recommend, especially, again, to horror movie fans. Um, 
this is just a classic. This is something that you have to see to to kind of be in that in that fan club of the horror movie genre. Um, so yes, I hundred percent would recommend, and I would love to watch it again and again and again and again and again. And again. The blood thickens. It's right there. See the front of my DVD Blu-ray collection. It's the first one. Hey, see that's the real collector. That's a real. That's a real. Uh, that's a real girl. I'm a real boy. Um. So the plot. Plot. Apparently, I was like really passionate when I wrote this. <laughs> I um, love it. Like this is like a dissertation. Um. So <laughs> I said that filmmaking and movies have changed a lot over the past few decades, and the plot's good, but it's slow moving, mostly because nobody can pay attention anymore, and so things need to be full of quick cuts and fast moving plots. I think it'd be easy to write this off as having a blad a blad plot. It's Blad. It's like you could say it's Blad um, <laughs> if you don't know the history. And hopefully through this, we've made it sound more appealing. Um, but if Stephen King can make this a nine hundred page book, which I just figured out at six hundred something or other, then it's legitimate and has an interesting plot and it's worth pursuing. I agree. <laughs> I don't know what that noise that just came out of me was, but I agree. Um, I think. Kara, you made a great point in that nobody can pay attention for more than 10 seconds nowadays, especially with, like, social media and constantly wanting that, like, fulfillment. Um, Um, Yeah, this is something that you're not going to get instant gratification from. You have to actually sit down, be prepared to spend two and a half hours really watching and understanding and dissecting the plot, um, you know, as it goes forward to understand the movie and see what's really happening. And, you know, if you're looking for some, like – horribly messed up like gory like jump scary which we'll get into all of that in a second but if you're looking for that kind of a movie this isn't the movie for you and you're going to be bored um but i think absolutely that the the plot is interesting like it it, it is an interesting plot it just takes a while to kind mm-hmm. of get to the point um it's a slow burn. it's a slow it's a slow build and i think if you're someone who likes that kind of tension that kind of like what's going to happen what's going to happen there's an impending sense of doom and you can't ever put your, like, you, it's hard to put your finger on it when it really starts to shit hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that makes it alluring. I think that makes the plot a good plot because it, it kind of reels you in. Like, yes, it's boring, but, like, if you're really intent on seeing the movie, yeah. you're really trying to you pick apart. You invested. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yes, I do think it takes some time to get there. But I think you're right. If, if it's a 600-some page book, uh, there's definitely a plot there that's to be had, to be told. So I do think there is a, a plot there, and I do think it's a pretty decent plot at that. Gore factor. Is it gory? No. Just a few axe chops and a wall of blood from an elevator. Bloody elevators. What's in yours? Um, blood. <laughs> yeah, it's not gory. Um, if you, it, I mean, it's creepy, it, but it's not gory. Like, there's no one, like, is getting their head chopped off or anything wild yeah. like that. So oh, is- wait, there is one blood blood. Uh, when they kill Scatman Crothers, uh, Dick Halloran, <laughs> Dick, um, you know, the guy, the other guy who has the shine. Yes. When they kill him, it's a little blood. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's gory. It's I think this is, like, another one of those movies that, like, would be a really good introductory film into, like, the horror genre. If yeah. Kind it's of not nervous. like Saw. Yeah. Nothing. Like, it's nothing a little bit, Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess Hostel's kind of like Saw. <laughs> it's just ignore me. Everything I say is irrelevant. Yeah. Let's add our two more. So, jump scare. I'm going to give it a no. I think the only time that I was like, whoa, was that bathtub scene. 
I didn't. I because like I like didn't expect that to yeah. be what happened, and then yeah, like whoa. But it does not. It's not like a jump scare. I wouldn't say. It was just like the one time I was like, oh shit. The only okay. time I was like, oh, is when um, Shelly Duvall's running around with that knife, like, and she it keeps like cutting her face. She's like, and it's that dude being blown by a man in a bear costume. Oh. A costume. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. But it's like the way it cuts to her. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I wasn't yeah. scared. It was just, I, I jumped because I was appalled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And would you take a child? Uh, depending on how old the child was, yeah. But like a PG-13 child, yes. I wouldn't take like any younger than that. And I would be kind of like shut your eyes for some things. Yeah. But I don't know if it would still be rated R if it was made today. No. I'm going to give it a PG-13. I'm going to give it a PG-13 for sure. Because you, you can show some boobies for PG-13. Yeah. Just like one flash of the boobies. And it was a very quick. So, yeah. I think, but I do think um, some parts are kind of intense. Like, when Jack Nicholson is doing anything, he's pretty intense looking anyways. And he's, like, trying to kill a kid. Yeah. And it's intense. It's, like, if, if, I'm sure it could be, like, triggering for some people in some ways. You know what I mean? Like, just the abusive nature kind of of it. But I I do think kids could watch it. Well, not kids, but, like, you know. Thirteeners. Yeah. Thirteeners could, um, could take a Take a glimpse. Just a glimpse. Just a little glimpse. No, they could watch this for sure. I mean, yeah. it's so I think they'd be bored, honestly. I think mm-hmm. they'd be like, can you fast forward till something fucking happens? Mm-hmm. And then something will happen. They're like, oh, shit. And then I'll be back to like, oh, can something happen again? And then it's like, oh, shit. And then it's like, oh. I mean, it's two and a half hours long. That's a long-ass movie to keep anyone's attention. It's long attention. even for me. I just don't, like, I think, yes, you could show the kids. I don't think any kid has the, this, these days have this attention span uh-huh. to pay attention to this movie at all. Yeah, I agree. Where can you watch it? Where can you watch it? Where can you watch it now? Where can you scream, stream it? Where can you stream it? Where can you stream it? How? <laughs> I, I, like, I'm half impressed, half I hate it so much. Um, it's on Amazon, but you got to pay for it. You got to, got to have a little tenderness. Your neighbors are going to call the cops. No, they're worse than that. So. I forgot that it was 10, 13 at night and I'm screaming in your apartment. Um, yeah, but I'm sure you can find it somewhere else. Yeah. I'm not encourage your fel- felonious behavior. Yeah, and we're not going to encourage you to put viruses on your computer and all your devices and have your FBI agent in your little in your laptop yell at you. Just kidding. <laughs> um, final thoughts. Love it. Love Must it or list be. it. I'm loving it. Wait, um, that should be the <laughs> that should be the last one. <laughs> um. I think it's a must see. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. McDonald's. I know what McDonald's is. <laughs> but yeah, my final thoughts are yay. A yay, no a nay? Yay. Why? <laughs> I just kidding. said why. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think, I, as we say most of the time, which we're not, I promise we're not going to say it every time, but I think for a horror fan... Um, this is one of those movies that you have to see. Like, you can't be a horror fan and be like, I've never seen The Shining. Um, I just don't think that's... No, that's just not acceptable. That's like blasphemy in this uh, in this day and age. Because it's a classic. But yes, I think it's a good movie. I think it is slow moving and it is kind of like, all right, when's something going to happen? But I think uh, that makes it worth the wow. That means if you got through The Shining, you can get through your SAT. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, maybe that was streaming and screaming where we stream and you, or so you, can scream. Let us know. Was the stream worth the scream? Or did you not stream it? Did you scream it? I scream, I scream. Goodbye. Jack's a doll boy. What the fuck is it? All work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. All work. Didn't he actually have to type that out a bunch of times? Like, didn't they actually type it? He did, but somebody had to. All work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. All work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. All work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. Does it? Like, all right, goodbye. Yikes. (laughs) What the fuck?